previously on Lost. I think being a like cool, fucked up alcoholic with a, a lot of like hard won wisdom to dispense, mm-hmm. I think it skips a generation. Uh, most notable for the introduction of a new character, a goth Claire. Say they even both like realized it somehow. What would they even have to say to each other? <laughs> they had to put in that line where she tells the audience, I don't know this guy's name. That's why I don't recognize Jack's last name on the island. R.I.P. R.I.P. to uh, Mikael. I liked yeah, him. Yeah, Mikael bit it. In a pretty cool way. Very cool way. Foaming, blood coming out of his ears. Fucking cool. You don't want me to catch the birds, do you? And Clash of Clans is is human evil. <laughs> we're over we're over the hump. Did you did you realize that with Lost we're over the hump? We're past the halfway mark. 62 out of 121. Yeah, that sounds right. It feels very special to me that this was such a knockout like the best the best episode for me in the season so far no question i mean terry o'quinn was the first best thing to happen to this show and michael emerson you know as we've remarked at length is like the latest best thing to happen to this show so having such a knockout and like finally really putting them together again kind of at odds yeah i thought about that and i thought about how crazy it was to see them together because it feels like forever ago yeah that we were in the hatch right but really in on island time it's what a week maybe yeah Yeah. so i mean that's a that's a long time on the island every day on the island is a blessing bless up (laughs) indeed uh this is the lost me podcast where we talk about lost uh my name's ben that's spencer I've watched the show a whole bunch. Spencer's never watched it before. And we're going through it each episode and chatting about it. And tonight, as you might surmise, we are talking about Season 3, Episode 13. The Man from Tallahassee. And like Spencer said, it's a fucking banger from start to finish. When I saw Locke and Anthony again, you know, I almost had a feeling of it's just like, oh my god, this is uh, Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote. I thought back to when you, the few times you asked what I thought about what paralyzed Locke, and I didn't want to go with the father because it seemed too obvious. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad it is. Yeah. I really think Loss is in some ways at its best with the soapy, melodramatic stuff, you know, the Jack and Christian stuff. Now it's just like, yes, give me the obvious thing. Like, really do it. Really push yeah. this from a bad dad to a a murderous one. Well, so here's the thing for me, is that I remember when we when we when we've been talking through the the, the seasons about Locke, we've talked about what he could have done to that could have happened to him to get in the wheelchair. You know, you sort of said like, I'm thinking hunting accident. I'm thinking, you know, something with that car crash. And I remember thinking all those at the time, but then looking back at it now, the only thing that makes sense for Locke is that his dad, the one fucking person he wants to love him, pushes him out of a fucking window. Yeah, yes. Like, that's the only way Locke becomes who he is. Yeah. Locke 
is really impulsive in this episode, blowing up the sub like he did with the hatch in a way that kind of strains credulity on the face of it, which is why mm -hmm. it's so good we have this reveal here to sell it, you know? Yeah. That first scene, um, Oof. I, I love this man. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's go down the list. Does he have a girlfriend? No. He does not. Stop going to therapy. Hell motherfucking yeah. Do your thing. <laughs> He's out of it. Do your thing, bro. Trying, trying to use his depression to like be on the dole as long as possible. <laughs> he is me. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sweet. It's so on the nose there, uh, though, that like if, if you are being told no by a petty bureaucrat in media, it's a black woman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Locke is getting Joker fired. That's the recent Joker movie that happens in, yeah. yeah there's multiple scenes with black lady bureaucrats. <laughs> so yeah, Locke not doing good. I do respect the TV dinners, classic way to get through life. He he turns down he turns down that uh, that kid who comes by looking for his father. He could just tell the kid like yeah the guy's a fucking grifter like just get get your mom out of it yeah. But instead he has to go by himself because he has to see his father again. He's already stalking his dad. He already hates him. If he didn't get uh, tackled out of this window, it's like Locke, just kill your dad. You're most yeah. of the, you're most of the way there, dude. Yeah, and like this guy's a fucking con man like no one's gonna look that hard for who killed him yeah he's a human stain and yeah a literal con man like uh we that's that's the uh lost like uh sawyer episode bingo card exactly right like if you if you put that guy's fingerprints into whatever uh you know database it's gonna come up for like 15 different names right like that guy exists in the system on multiple levels yeah a, ve a very safe murder to commit um, yeah. At this point, I should note uh, the man from Tallahassee. After I saw that they went there with uh, Locke's dad paralyzing him, mm -hmm. I don't see how this guy isn't also the real Sawyer. Okay. How could he not be? Okay. So we, we we're thinking that that he killed him, right? Yeah, the kid. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, why? Besides just some like active guy, I don't really see what else it could be. Uh, but pretty gnarly way to go, way to do it for for Locke. I mean, you know, w whatever it was, if it, even if it was inevitable that it was going to be his dad to to do it in that way, to have him fucking shoved out of a window is pretty pretty fucking cool in my book. Totally surprising, though. I will say, you know, as we've sort of commented before, uh, looking at it from a twenty twenty one lens, kind of fucked up how they make the prospect of being in a wheelchair like disgusting to Locke. It's too too real to me this summer. Uh, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, there you go. You know, he he won the uh, he won the Emmy for this episode and That's right. I found it I found it genuinely moving him looking down at his like skinny like fucked up legs. Uh, <laughs> okay. Not, not seriously. I like uh, atrophied legs are horrifying. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and I, I, I can say this. I can claim this now. <laughs> Anything else with the flashback? I mean, I think we pretty much covered the, the big, the big boys, right? Yeah, uh, we have a new, a new big boy on the staff. I think. 
<laughs> I'm going somewhere with this. Um, okay. I I saw uh, Brian K. Vaughn credited as executive story editor. I think. I think you're right. You know, I read Saga earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Brian K. Vaughn's magnum opus. We already went over how uh, he got hired on the strength of Why the Last Man. That's right. Saga was. It's a story about war that reminds me a lot of the 2000s movie Crash, not the Cronenberg one. Okay. The, the story's like scope of empathy is super wide uh, to the point where like in bringing these different characters into conflict, it's all about like realizing the essential humanity of each of course, when he's when he's writing about war, that kind of approach unfortunately leads him to make Saga essentially space Israelis and space Palestinians, uh, where like it's constantly both sidesing the conflict, which you know, as you could guess, like it is, it's not my cup of tea politically, but perfect for lost, you know a melodramatic sci-fi show with no politics and kind of like broadly drawn characters in the way they have to be for, you know, network TV. Okay, that's fair. So yeah, Locke is uh, going right for Ben, baby. Does he even actually know his name yet? I don't think so. No, he doesn't. Yeah, no. No way he would. First, we see, you know, that scene of them talking in the jungle, kind of planning. Danielle disappears. They see Juliet uh, kind of going, getting invited into uh, to Jack's little cabin. <laughs> if, you, if you're a lost writer, it's uh, I think it's Jewish summer camp all year round at the, uh, yeah. at the, at the other's place. You know, they, but they're all in their own houses. That's important. They're, both, they're all counselors at the Jewish summer camp. <laughs> yeah, but you know, they, they have, you have your little camp crush. Yeah. And there's a submarine. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Lost's take on uh, disability, uh, you, have that, you have that kind of great line from Ben, uh, you of all people should understand what it means to uh, want some dignity. Is Ben permanently paralyzed? No. Oh, okay, he's just recovering. He's recovering because he had something taken out on his spine and yeah. then it got infected. He's recovering from the surgery, but no, he, in theory, should be able to walk again. You have that very kind of, kind of, of the time uh, line. I know you wasted a big part of your life uh, as a, a regional manager at a box company. Like, look, yeah. that, doesn't, that doesn't sound like a bad gig. He's a manager. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, th- uh, these days, any, anyone should be so happy, even a college grad. Yeah, right? I mean, think about it. Locke's life before the crash, it, it wasn't awful. It feels very, uh, I don't know, fight club, office space, like 90s slacker influence. Yeah, no, I feel that. I'm so glad these characters are brought together. You know, it, it's, it's kind of funny to, to think about. It's like, man, we kind, of, we kind of spent a little too much time with Ben Linus and Jack. Yeah. But I should say, I, th- I think Jack was, Jack was great in this episode. And in the conflict overall, there was like, 
even though there was conflict, of course, there were heated discussions. There was very little, like, crabby, like, barking. Yeah. Which, which is great. Uh, hopefully we can leave some of that back in season two. He wasn't making jack faces all over the place. No, no, he wasn't. He wasn't whining at Kate. <laughs> he, wasn't, um. he wasn't jacking off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, not that we saw. The only YA lit I've ever read that gets into the shitting aspect was the Maze Runner. They <laughs> shit in the Maze Runner. <laughs> yeah. Does a Maze Runner shit in the woods? Ah, uh, they shit in like a big field because that's where they live. I was doing a does does the bear shit in the woods? No, I know. I'm oh, just okay. answering your question though. <laughs> <Okay. no. laughs> no, they get into shit and then they have like all this jargon around shitting. Anyway. I never actually finished it. I didn't really like it. I I I kind of wanted him to uh, be a bit more of a convert uh, instead of just like Kate, don't. They're watching me. Yeah. Of course. I I think I think it was a great reveal in this episode, though. That you know maybe many of the others are not quite Juliet disillusioned, but. Somewhere along the spectrum, you know, they're they're all not they're not all true believers. Who in in particular were you talking about, like Alex? Oh no! In when Ben Ben was giving his justification for oh okay that's right no I remember that now. He needs the subs. They have the illusion that they can go home. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, that uh, that's something I think we could have we could have well assumed given what we know about why Juliet, like the circumstances under which she was brought there. But interesting to hear right from the horse's mouth. Well, it's interesting to think that they, they occupy almost more as, okay, like I'll go there. They're like a tech company, right? Like yeah. some people are there because they're true believers in whatever dark ambitions the founder has. Mm-hmm. And some people are there because they need a good job and they want to live in San Francisco. Yeah. They want to live in... They want to live somewhere where there's a smoke monster. And a box. In <laughs> a big old box. We, we got a box. We, there's a box now. There was a hatch, a button. Now there's a box. <laughs> yeah, lots is big under, like, basic objects. Uh, we, we have some... We have a, a very fun repeated... Or uh, a line that kind of echoes uh, lock, uh, locks. Do you have any food? Uh, oh yeah! Kind of. Uh, you got any milk? Echo. Oh yeah! You're right. Yeah. He th- I he, hadn't thought about that. That's it. a good catch. Uh, how do you have power? Oh, we have two giant hamsters running in a massive wheel. Ben Linus was at his best this week. Yeah. Just like a sassy bitch in a wheelchair. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Just barking out orders. We have a box that. What does he describe the box being able to do? It's like whatever you wish, it can it can appear in there, something like that. Yeah, uh, we get we get kind of the return of Locke as island shaman, you know, in a way that since late season two, when they've been just outright stating mythos elements more clearly. Um, Ben uh, remarks on Locke having a special relationship with the island and that making him a very, a very important person. Mm-hmm. 
And then Locke goes on that weird tangent, like kind of tirade, tearing into the others. Like you're you're hypocrites. I think he calls them Pharisees. Yeah. <laughs> In that, like they they aren't living primitively. This this is the like I'm not even really joking. Return of like Locke as spiritualist, uh, back to the earth boomer. Here's what Locke is, right? He is a white man showing up to a tribal island culture and saying, you're not living your culture correctly. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. You, you've been, you've been Westernized too much. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a weird little tangent. It's, it's cool to see him expressing something so like just fucking irrational and deeply felt. Um, yeah. Like who cares how you live there? Yeah, you're eating the chicken too, bud. Yeah, that's true. We got them from the island Costco. <laughs> the Hydra <laughs> the Hydra Island Costco. Island <laughs> Costco was a drive, but we had the many The lock subdestruction, kind of like uh, <laughs> we talked, <laughs> it sounds like he's eating a huge sub really fast. <laughs> lock subdestruction. It's a mukbang video. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, I would Look. watch that. Locke like, has like 15 party subs. It's like all different varieties. Big thing of potato salad. <laughs> it's like, Terry, I haven't seen you in anything lately. Do you want to, <laughs> do you want to eat stuff on YouTube? Um, <laughs> the destruction of the submarine. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, another, it's another impulsive completely selfish move right that's kind of it's kind of irrational it's just like yeah. i need to destroy it it really is as simple as i need to destroy anything that might lead to me being forced out of here is that it i think so yeah i, I think that's the, the best way to read it i mean I, I think another way to read it if we want to peel the onion back is the uh, writers needed a way to get rid of the submarine. They'd written themselves into a corner and so they had to blow it up and making Locke do it made the most sense. It it's, it's weird. The idea that just to not lose face among your followers, you would give Jack uh, a surgeon. You don't really need anymore. I mean, he'd be a good resource to have around, but just to not lose face, you would give him a submarine that is potentially your only like connection post anomaly to the outside world. It's yeah. yeah, it's it doesn't make much sense. Yeah, yeah, you can see why they found it expedient to uh, get rid of that old thing. Yeah, um, and that keeps Jack on the island. It keeps Juliet on the island. And it creates a new conflict between Jack and Locke where that relationship had seemingly cooled while they've been apart. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, just, you know, it might not make the most sense in the world, Locke's motivation, but I think the role it plays story-wise is worth it. The outpouring of emotion in the flashback, it, yeah, it's, it sells it, I think. One thing that I must point out uh, that I wanted to see if you caught is that when Locke walks away from the sub and runs into Jack, he is, as Walt once was, soaking wet. No. No, as Walt once was, it sounds like you're you're a, you're a preacher. 
You can, you could, <laughs> you gotta start the lost religion. It already sort of exists. You might, you know, there's this Jacob figure. Seems kind of mythical. The uh, sign on the on the uh, roadside: "Be as Walt." <laughs> be, <laughs> be wet as Walt once was. Be soaking wet. As yeah. Walt okay. Once yeah. Was. You're right. You're right. <laughs> no. No. But to answer your question, I did not notice that. Okay. Well, that was a big point of contention on the Lost Boards at the time. Um, of why he was so wet. Wait, is, <laughs> are you never, serious? Yeah, because we never see him get in the water. Oh, okay. He goes, he goes into the sub from the dock. We assume he plants the C4 in the sub. The only logical thing for him to do then would be to come back out of the sub and walk along the dock, but for some reason he's soaking wet. I think it was just a pure mistake. Yeah, yeah, no. Like, I, I think it may have just been like in their head they thought he'd be wet, or maybe they like filmed it one way and changed it and sort of missed the edit. I don't remember, but it just for some reason he was wet. And at one point the producers had to come out and be like, it doesn't matter. Why why'd you why Locke was wet? Like <laughs> Well, maybe they parked the sub like a couple like meters away from the dock and he had to like swim to it, you know? No, but so we, here's the problem though. We see him go in. <laughs> what? Okay, wow. Yeah, yeah I, I must have been looking away. Ah, uh, that's very yeah. funny. Okay. We see him go in. I see what the problem is. <laughs> so they just had unless... a they just had to cool off, you know. <laughs> Take a dip. We should get to the big old reveal. Real quick though, uh, there is the stuff with uh, Alex and Danielle and right. Saeed. Yeah. That's all. That's all a little. That's all kind of fun. She, she sees her, right? I mean, yeah. Rousseau sees Alex and Saeed plants the idea that you know maybe her mother's not dead. Yeah. So I feel like we're getting a lot of momentum on that plot. Yeah, but now we're now we're ready for uh for some dad torture. Yeah. So. Anthony Cooper is fucking on the island, all tied up, baby. Yeah. In the box. Time to start swinging that bag of oranges. This is a this is a big reveal. I remember it being very cool. This is truly doing more with flashbacks. Uh, this is much better than uh, some cameo uh, connection that doesn't go anywhere. This is really surprising. It it almost feels a bit like. The chess pieces were arranged mid-season instead of late season. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Which has me really excited for what's to come. Season one, you know, we're experimenting. By season three, the creators surely know what a good episode and a bad episode is. And are taking steps to, uh, I don't know, address issues, uh, make things more more interesting and lively uh, as far as the, the flashback setup. Uh, I don't even really particularly care if it works perfectly. I'm just, I'm glad they're doing it. Yeah. So, I mean, to, to get to that, like, I mean, by this time, I believe it had been announced, the deal that had been struck with ABC. Okay. The idea that it was going to be, they were going to finish out season three at 22 episodes, and then they were going to do three more seasons of 16 episodes each, and that was going to be it. Yeah. Um, so this season had been sort of establishing what a good episode and a bad episode was, and I believe that the producers, you know, used that sell to the to the executives. Like, we have to limit this so that every episode can be a hit, or else people are going to stop watching. 
Highland Jack was the uh, sacrificial goat. Yeah, it really was. I really believe that. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good theory. I think. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Is there is there anything else to say? No, just that next week we're gonna be watching the fucking Nikki and Paolo episode, baby. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's called Expose, and it rules, and I cannot wait to fucking talk about it with you, because it is so wild. What I hope for soon is for a character I really care about to just get, like, ruthlessly killed. Like, say Saeed is just, like, shot execution style. I want Nikki and Paolo to be watching and just, like, like fall on their knees like, No, Saeed! We loved you, both of us. Um, well, we'll see. Well, if you like the show, uh, keep listening, tell other people about us, and we'll talk to you next week. Have a good one, guys.